We'd like to take a little time and talk about some of the amazing things that human beings are doing. And on this show, we've talked a lot about Mars, right? We've had uh, one of the scientists behind the helicopter that's flying around up there, all kinds of really cool stuff. Uh, the incredible work that's being done on the surface of the red planet right now as we speak. And in a few years, maybe we're going to be having very similar discussions about another planet, our closest neighbor and a planet that in many ways is the most similar to ours, Venus. NASA has announced two new missions to Venus. Tom Wagner is a scientist with NASA's Discovery Program, and he joins us now. Tom, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Hey, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So Mars missions, of course, as you know, uh, full well, have been the very dominant story in space exploration, and they're they're amazing. They're so fascinating. Uh, But now we're switching our sights to Venus. Um, Tell us about Venus. Just give us the break. It, It is our closest neighbor in the solar system, right? Right. And one of the reasons we think Venus is so important is it's roughly the same size as the Earth. And it's also in what we call the Goldilocks zone. That is where we're far enough from the sun that it's not too crazy hot like Mercury. But we're also not so far out where we don't have liquid water. But Venus is so different from the Earth, and we're trying to figure out why. Um, We think it might have actually been the first habitable planet in the solar system, too. So at one point in time, it may have been like almost Earth-like? One of the theories is that in the, you know, the Earth, the solar system is about four and a half billion years old. We think that early on, Venus might have had an ocean earlier than the Earth, and it may have been a good abode for life. Wow. Okay. Now, two new missions uh, being announced to Venus. Uh, Break them down for us. Uh, The first one sort of deals primarily with the atmosphere, right? Right. So there's two missions. One is Da Vinci Plus, and that's the one that's going to go to Venus. Um, and drop what we call a descent sphere through the atmosphere. And it's got inlets on it that are going to take in gases from the atmosphere and analyze what they're made of. And one of the amazing things is this. If you look at trace gases, things like noble elements like xenon and stuff, we're able to figure out the history of the atmosphere. Was it formed late? Is it continuously forming out of volcanoes on Venus? Did Venus ever have a big reservoir of water on its surface? We can get all that kind of information just from the chemical makeup of the atmosphere itself. Amazing. Wow. Okay. The other mission, that one's a little different. Tell us about that one. Yeah, the other mission is called Veritas, and Veritas has got a radar on it. It's going to orbit the planet for two years, and it's going to map the, the shape and the height of the surface very, very precisely. And using that kind of information, we're going to figure out, you know, how big are the mountains? Are there active volcanoes? The measurements are so precise, we can actually see if there are, like, active faults and if things are deforming. Um, Veritas also carries on it an infrared mapper. And what we're hoping to do is see if we can map the composition of the surface rocks. And here's the big question. Is the surface of Venus covered with rocks like we see at Iceland? Or is it more like Canada and the U.S. where there are granites and sedimentary rocks around? And looking at wavelengths of light in the infrared, we can see that. So the big point is this, though, right? So we have one mission really focused on the atmosphere, another mission really focused on the surface. We're going to get a new perspective on this planet, kind of at the rewrite the textbooks level. Okay, a couple of things. First of all, if you're mapping it that in, in that kind of detail, I know that's, you know, when you take a look at a lot of the maps of, of Earth, you can sort of tell what's happened historically by the way the geology is situated now. So could that provide some indication to what that planet was like a long time ago based on, you know, if there was water and things like that? That would have an effect on what you're mapping, wouldn't it? Absolutely. So I'll give you an example. Um, there are these, these what we call the enigmatic tessera terrains, these places on Venus that we don't know what they are. 
they look a little bit like mountain belts on Earth, like they're all kind of munged up and there's a lot of topography. And they also have very, very weird signatures in terms of the light that comes off of them. And so we think those might be more akin to continents on Earth. And then the other areas are more low-lying and more flat. It might be more like Hawaii, Iceland, or the bottom of the ocean floor. Okay, look, why do we care about the geology? Here's the big question, right? We want to understand how Venus works as a planet, how it works as a machine. The Earth has plate tectonics, right? The plates move around and bump and grind into each other when we get volcanoes at the boundaries and other things. As far as we know, the Earth may be the only planet that has that. The moon doesn't have it. Mercury doesn't have it. We're not sure if Mars had it. But if it had that, right, that's one more piece in the puzzle of Venus. Like, could it be? And also, if these tessera are actually like our continents, We think that the continents on the Earth form because the Earth had a lot of water around. And when the water gets subducted, you know, you've heard of places like the Marianas Trench? Sure, yeah. When a a plate gets pushed down into the deep Earth, it melts and releases water and causes volcanoes on top that are different. They're the real explosive volcanoes like you hear about around the Pacific and things. Anyhow, long-winded story short, right? That's the stuff that ultimately becomes continents. So as we piece together the geologic history, in the same way that people try to piece together the geologic history of an area to figure out where there might be fossils or mines or oil, we put together this story on Venus, and it says, hey, Venus once may have been very Earth-like with these oceans. Um, Now, the next question you might ask is like, all right, Tom, what does that really mean? We're trying to figure out where life forms. You know, we don't really know. It always comes back to life, right, Tom? Yeah, Exactly. And we have these other things that are called exoplanets. Like now we have the ability to see planets around other stars. Like we finally have the telescopes to see it. Well, guess what? The easiest ones for us to see are the planets like Venus that are hot and give off a lot of light. So anyhow, what we do is we put all this information together. We want to understand how life formed and evolved in our solar system, where it might be hiding out, how it might have gotten its start. And then we want to apply that to the universe. It's amazing. A couple of questions from listeners, and and it's an obvious one, but it's it's really fascinating to me, too. You know, what do you do about things like, you know, the atmosphere pressure and the temperature on Venus? How do you build a machine that can withstand that? It's hard. And, you know, (laughs) it's a corrosive atmosphere with sulfuric acid. It's so hot it can melt lead. So the Da Vinci Plus descent sphere, which is going to go through the atmosphere, it's got a big heat shield on the front that eventually it drops off. And then it's like a beryllium sphere that's designed to withstand the heat for about an hour. And so from the time it drops from the carrier spacecraft, it's only about less than an hour for it to get to the ground. And then when it hits the ground, we think it'll survive for about 10 minutes or so and send some more data back is our hope. And that's it, hey? Uh, What's the timeline on this? When do you hope to have these things headed there and getting the information back to you? 2028 to 2030, you know, when you ask, how do they survive? Well, we spend a lot of years building them. You know, they take five, <laughs> six, seven years to build. And, you know, that's also, though, when you hear about those Mars rovers that last yeah. like 14 years and stuff, right? It's because, you know, they might have a prime mission that's only a couple of years, but they're so well built that they just last a lot longer. So cool. I, I love it, Tom. Thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. You bet. Um, Tom Wagner who is a NASA Discovery scientist,